rush off the cobwebs. Uh, rush off. Where am I? Where are we? Oh, we're live. We're live. Uh, oh. hey, we made it to another one, man. It's been a month, right? Dude, don't, uh, don't ah, mind me, sorry. Bad. All right. Yeah. All right. You're up. Welcome. Let's do it, guys. All right. For those who are with us, thank you for joining us. This is the Nissan Nerd Podcast. On this episode, uh, we've got pictures to share with you of the first ever Nismo Edition EV. That's going to be a big one. Very important. Also, we learned that the Nissan Formula E team welcomes back a former driver for the 2024 season. And uh, later, Miles and I, we each have found a product that we want to share with you in a segment called Shut Up and Take My Money. Coming up, guys. Stick with us. Episode 349, <laughs> Captain's Log. Captain's Log, star date. Is that oh, what it is? Jesus Christ, yeah. Can, can I just say that, you know, every once in a while, mm. after we uh, we drop these videos and, and they go live to YouTube, every once in a while, I'll try to go back and uh, do a quality assessment or just kind of see how we did. And I noticed that every time I do an intro, you do these crazy expressions with your hands and your face. Like I'm, yeah, yeah. Like I'm just trying to read through like what Mm -hmm. we've prepared. And then all of a sudden I I finally, I don't see it until after. Yeah, no, you don't know half the stuff in my facial expressions when you say something. (laughs) And I'm like, it makes me laugh when I see it finally. (laughs) At least it made one person laugh. So that's all that matters, right? Yeah, wow. that's all. <laughs> this is episode number seventy-two, by the way, man. Seventy-twos. We're getting there, man. We're getting it's there. magic. I know. What is our end game uh, here? What, what What are we trying to do with our lives here? I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think. I, I think. I think it's well. First of all, and I think. I think we are just I, I think... doing this for our friends and family that's out there, like the amass of like just Z nerds that are in a parking lot right now watching this, namely yeah, these, the Branson Z Fest guys. these dorks that are in yes. the middle of uh, Branson having the best times of their lives, and we're here filming this. Yeah. So. I, I will... I know we wanted to be there, man. I know you're asking like, why we do it. And I know for me, it's like, it just gives me an excuse to hang out with my best friend. Cue the sappy music. Oh, <laughs> Spend all your time well, wishing. <laughs> well, no. well, I always saw it as a parking lot banter just uh, online. That's, how That's all That's this all is. It's a glorified parking lot banter with technology involved now. So, anyways, moving along. So, let's do a quick catch up here um, because we've got a little bit of business to take care of here tonight. Um, Let's let's talk uh, updates. What is Mike D been up to? Because we pushed out um, uh, doing another podcast here, filming another podcast um, by about two weeks. So, this is one of the longest stretches we did. Our apologies to everyone. Yes. We did have a string of bad luck here, and I'll let Mike uh, share the excuse. Yeah, <laughs> well, the bad luck excuse, Jesus. The bad luck is mostly on my part, man. Uh, so, you know, it's funny. The last episode, we were talking about my 350Z, 
and the AC issue I was having. Mm. Well, uh, I was able to fix that up rather quickly. It wasn't what I thought it was, which was good news. It was essentially, I want to say it damn near cured itself, man. I just kind of did some banging around underneath and it worked great. Not a problem. However, it was the following couple of weeks that have just been uh, a big mess, man. First off, uh, I have a, you know, a backup vehicle. Everybody should have a backup vehicle. It seems like uh, transmission went out. Um, was not fun. Had a tow from out of town, bring it home. And uh, back in my mind, you know, I'm like, it's okay because I still have my 350Z. It still runs. It's great. Yeah, it's got high miles, but it's still great. I jinxed myself because 10,000, uh, sorry, seven days later, um, I suspect that I blew a head gasket uh, yeah. on, on the engine. So, yes. Um, we, there, there were, there were, we saw some may water. I, may I just yeah. say something? Yeah. You uh -huh. you rev that thing like it owes you money. And I'm just <laughs> saying. And I, it's like when you're outside my house and you're leaving from whatever we went to or whatever we were working on, burnout rev up and like like you're like you're doing it street takeover but it's just my street and i'm like <laughs> and i'm like okay and i'm like in the back of my mind i was like i hope he's keeping up his oil changes I, and his servicing oh, i know the, you the do i know you're like was there by and like, large yes heart. yes i had weekly changes but you are right i i uh you, you beat know, on it you romp on it it's i've definitely put it through some 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 torture you might say so i mean I'm not saying this was unexpected. I just, well, I guess it was unexpected at some point, but I knew something was coming. I mean, it, it now Grant, you know, I thought it was going to be somewhat of a, I don't know. I've had some time to kind of think over what's happened to the car. I'm still doing some diagnostic work this upcoming week, okay. but um, I, I think I can probably have it fixed. Uh, it might take a couple of weekends, but relatively affordably. It just means fresh head gaskets. Um, Let's pull take it. the heads off, inspect pull it. it. Oh, yeah, the engine's strip being it. pulled. Yep. We'll call Ion, and he can get all the goop out of it because he loves de-gooping engines. The so, goop. So, does goop. Ion the goop. Ion the goopta. Ion the goopta. That's perfect. We'll <laughs> call goopta. him and uh, the rest of the clan, and we'll see if we can uh, de-goop your engine, and we'll kind of go from there and put some new head gaskets on it, freshen it up, and then we'll go from there. So Yeah, yeah. So, Mm -hmm. Overall, though, man, the last two to three, these we've been just overall, you've been knee I'm deep on... in in servicing and mechanics and everything else, and getting back up on your feet, automotive cars, so. renting cars, trying to get to work and back still. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been uh, a juggling game, much less trying to get a podcast together. I just I, something had to make the cut, and unfortunately, but unfortunately, we're back. it was me. Yeah, yeah that's cool. No, and yeah. everybody else that's listening, because oh. you don't care, I'm winning. Everybody Twist. out there to know that I still care. Twist that so fifty percent of the more, you can... fifty percent of the show still cares about you guys out there listening. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, yeah, but uh, we will we'll try to stay consistent as possible. But thank you again for everybody listening, holding up through all our delays yeah. and and whatnot. We'll do our best to try to uh, meet expectations in yeah. the future. Now um, you. You know, you had some time. I know I was trying to catch up with you a little bit on occasion. Hmm. Uh, you went to a pretty awesome concert lately, and but you also found something else you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this is a side thing. So I, I live next to an Air Force base that surprisingly I was born at. Hmm. Uh, 
two Air Force bases. Wow. Military Air Force Base. Anyway, uh, Boeing just happens to have a presence at this Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. And they um, they opened up a massive, like, center. They call it the Boeing Center. And um, they just had a concert there. And a friend of mine hooked me up with a set of tickets to go see a band, uh, Danzig. Old Danzig. school. All thugged out. Anyway. Um, Did you wear black? I, I think you have to. You I have think to, when you right? come in, you fine dine. And somewhere, and they put a coat. Uh, sir, <laughs> they just make you wear the black T-shirt. Uh, I'm sorry, that, sir. You're not black Hanes. Yeah, you're just uh, black Hanes, uh, and they just kind of they do you up real quick. But uh, no, went anyway. The show was good. But the point is, um, next to it is a massive tech center, and inside of there, surprisingly, are these massive sim. Uh, driving simulators that are there and i was like oh okay i was like it's probably like anything else there's a certain cost to it but boeing actually um gets uh, it's all donated to the city Mm. basically anybody can go in there and drive these basically full race rig simulators for like next to damn nothing it was like two dollars an hour or something like that because boeing basically bought it all and they just wanted to give back to the community and i'm like Thank you very much. And I was like, Hell I was thinking, yeah. I was like, I got to take some of the local guys or anybody coming into town. That's where we're going for a couple hours to, to drive in these rigs. So we'll see. I mean, these I'm are down. fancy, like SimCraft setup rigs. And I'm just like, all right, I'm a baller. I was like, all right. So anyway, but that's what I did this last week. And I just went to sim racing. So uh, if I seem like I haven't slept a lot lately, that's it's, uh... <laughs> well, it's cool though too, man. Because I mean, I know, and I mean, I know we've, we've we've touched on it a few times. You know, first of all, we know that sim racing in general is pretty damn uh, mm-hmm. popular, and especially after There's a whole movie, Turismo now. movie now. Yes, it, it's definitely um, enabling. I hope it enables a lot of people. <laughs> Enables uh, slash addicts. So yeah. hooks. It's all about you gotta get them hooked. You gotta yeah. get them hooked at an early age. And yeah, first with Mario Kart, and then they got you. They got the teeth in you, the fangs. Kart, and then cruising USA or something. Oh, well, oh cruising USA. <laughs> it all starts with that or that button. What was that off-road game with the uh, Pirelli or whatever it is with the the nitrous? Oh, and you're just the, the off-road track. challenge yeah, with the wheels. Do you spin? Yeah. All right, I we'll was... leave it at that. All right. Oh so. man. Okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been doing as of late to catch up. So. All right, enough about us because we can nerd out just about anything. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, do some acknowledgement for anybody that's out there listening. Uh, to anybody from Branson Z Fest, if you want to chime in here tonight, let us know what you're doing. Yes. Um, send us any inappropriate pictures. We'll see if we can throw them up in the background um, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. But uh, just wanted to give a shout out to anybody listening to us. Uh, Edgar, first one to chime in here. Uh, quite an accomplishment blowing the hg a gasket that is mm-hmm. in the history of nc we had a five no, blown gosh. vqs on track and three belong to one driver what? <laughs> well no well because the vqs are I, i'm this is me some assuming based on they're what oil I know burners the by nature they're right? oil burning so when okay. you when you blow an engine you're blowing it because of oil starvation i imagine um i was always on top of all the side, all the, uh, you know, like oil starvation through Flush. the through high G corners and then it's not picking up oil and then bam. Uh, well, that is just blow by. I mean, if you're not mon- continuously monitoring its oil level and yes, and, and track usage is also a big one for sure. I mean, I, <laughs> but, uh, I, I kind of feel like, uh, 
I'm, I'm still going to find out, but it could be head gas. I want to say it's cooling related, the, the part of the gasket. We'll that tear it apart. But I'll learn more out. soon. Yeah. So to be continued on that one. All right. Thanks for Edgar for first uh, being the first, first man to stand up. Anybody <laughs> else want to chime in with us tonight? Just let us know. We're here. We'll catch you. Now, in the meantime, we have a few compies to go through, actually, yes. believe it or not. So um, I'll let you take the reins on that, Mike. All right, guys. Uh, for those who uh, are joining us, if you've got something in your hand, let's go ahead and get it out here, guys. Of course, this is our traditional uh, gone by for um, for this episode. Uh, the three people that we definitely want to call out for this episode is going to be uh, – let's check it out here. First one up, let's go with uh, Mr. K, Yutaka Katayama, otherwise known as the father of the Z car. September 15th, this last uh, Friday – uh, it would have been his birthday. Uh, essentially, uh, he passed at 105. He would have been 114. So it's been about nine years since um, uh, uh, just just underneath, just over that since uh, we've had Mr. K with us. So we do want to give a compi to him. The next one up uh, we have here. Oh, first of all, there you go. That's him as well. I had to get the obligatory mm. cowboy hat photo. Mr. That's Katie my Cowboy favorite hat. photo of him. Of everything he has, that's my favorite photo. Because there's a, an amazing story that goes with all that. But we don't have that kind of time. I can nerd out about it. If you catch me in the streets, <laughs> I'll explain why this picture is so good beyond the obvious. So, Yeah. Next one up. Uh, we do want to give a shout-out and a buy to Josh Schaefer, who is a Nissan team member at the Smyrna Plants uh, in Tennessee. Josh donated his kidney to his best friend and fellow Nissan team member, Josh Bredesen. This came off of the Smyrna Plant Facebook page, talking about stories of the team members inside. This was actually a really good one. Best friend and fellow Nissan team member. I want to give him uh, a huge kind by for making that, uh, man, give that, that sacrifice. sacrifice. That's a yeah, kidney. that is. That's a kidney. Yeah. This is what it is. So. Yeah. Yeah, I found that on my uh, on the Smyrna uh, Facebook group, and it was a great update. And I was like, man, that's a really good story. So, again, we want to make sure that we give the proper uh, shout-out to those folks and uh, a compi as well. So, everybody will do a little compi. And then, of course, a salute to everyone. Salute to those in the Nissan family whom we wish good health. And for those we may have lost, may we be reminded of them often. All right, guys. Clink, join us again. And for you guys in Branson, we see you online. You have to take two drinks. Oh. <laughs> that party's ramping up, and we'll get into that after a bit here. But uh, in the yeah. meantime, we've got to kick off uh, news, Nissan yeah. News, Miles. So uh, Nissan News is where we each uh, scour the internet and share an article um, that we like regarding Nissan, Dotson, and Infinity. Um, articles are typically sourced from official Nissan newsrooms. Um, and from media outlets at large. So uh, we're going to go ahead and go into the uh, first one here. Now, um, for those that have been keeping up with everything with Nissan truck news, um, there has been some developments as far as new options. And of course, we talked recently about everything that's happening with the new Frontier. But recently, some news came through about Again, more Frontier news, surprisingly. <laughs> so Nissan is looking to do a throwback by making a what, we're, what they're basically calling an SL trim or a, a throwback to a hard body retro styling, if you will. And behind me, you can kind of see that. And this is actually the new 
what is going to be probably the new Nissan hardbody variation. Now, as you can see, there's a, a few things that are in the works to make that happen. So for those that remember the hard body and some of the details to it, you can start to see some of the accent marks from that, um, namely being leather trim. So a lot of the vehicle is going to be outfitted with leather, which wasn't necessarily something you saw a lot in the Frontier line. But again, um, with this hard body design, they're thinking that they're going to be doing the leather trim. Um, a 10-speaker sound system. I don't remember that too much in the original hard body layout. I mean, I remember it being a very stripped-down, simplistic vehicle. When I drove them, um, when I had one, well, when I operated one for a short time and then in friends' vehicles, but mm -hmm. this one's going to be, um, I assume they're stepping it up a little bit and it's going to get a higher end, most likely Bose, um, yeah. 10 speaker sound system, but I'm speculating. <laughs> um, there's going to be some addition of LED lighting uh, to the vehicle too as well. The wheels, which you can kind of see here, I'll get out of that way. Oh, never mind. You're screwed. All right. You can see that it's going to be retro wheels um, is yeah. what they're thinking. And then, of course, some body decals. You can kind of see some of the body decals on the hood, but I'm sure we're going to see something along the side potentially as well. And then the lastly is the most obvious is the headache rack in the back. So yes. they're going to be trying to bring that option back, which is something cool I, I noticed first off. So we'll see if that's going to be a purchasable option or if you just have to kind of get it only with the uh, the new hard body um, design that's going to be coming up here for 2024. So we'll see. Yeah. So, you know, what first thing is that, of course, for those who don't know, hard body is essentially early, like 90s, early, early Yeah, 90s it, well, let's call it the predecessor for the Frontier because the Frontier, yes. the, when, when the hard body died, it was... Uh, a quick moment and then we've got the original frontier yep. design which like was a little more I think exactly which um you know if you don't know that go back and look at that model i think it's uh you can look at that body type but great car uh, a great truck overall but the hard body just kind of captured you because it really was it was basically one of the, the the premier vehicles for that design aspect. And when I say that, the hard body kind of mirrored the Pathfinder. Remember how it had the same like trunk, the hood, mm -hmm. uh, the hood the lines, headlights, and the front grille. Yeah, and and uh, and and then the Pathfinder too as well. I mean, it it basically was all that. You know, it's like a sorry the uh, yeah. So I'm just kind of thinking in my head everything that was happening from that time period and everything that it kind of looked like at that time. And um, so, yeah, I guess this is going to be a throwback to that, too, as well. So Two more two more questions. One is that when sure. I think of hard body, I mean, I guess I don't remember the hard body being a, a luxury model of sort. It was always a, no, obviously your, it was your, it was an eco truck. box. Yeah, eco. it was. It, well, it was it was an eco box, you know, and it and to me and I've said this before on the show many times, I felt that Nissan should make a hard body, but true to the hard body make a smaller version of it offer it and say like four cylinders but strip the weight out of it or yeah. and really make it smaller than what we're seeing in the frontier go back to a small truck design because i mean even the damn ford ranger which was the, the pinnacle maverick, of yeah, yeah. the maverick i mean they're they're huge they rival trucks they were they would these would be considered full size at the time of the hard body you know yeah. so and yeah everything gets bigger and people want more spacious things America. But I really think if if Nissan made a true hard body that was smaller in design, went back to that and cost effectiveness kind of went down, I think they would probably have a, a golden ticket on their hands. But 
you know, it's one of those things. Are they going to be competing against, uh, you know, people buying these frontiers? So why be self-competitive? But yeah. just kind of a thought process. But nobody else is doing that right now. Nobody else is going smaller on the trucks and True. and trying to capture that market and just kind of undercutting it. You know? well, and that's the thing, too, because, I mean, and I think there is, I mean, of course, I love the frontier. Let me start by saying that. But, hmm. but right, the, the smaller market, yeah, yeah the, the smaller market pickup. I, I think of the new Ford Maverick, which is that mini truck. Mm -hmm. You got like a, like a three and a half or four foot bed. Very, oh. very small. It's kind of meant for in-town commuting. It's that multi-utility. If you go you back to that bed, and make a, make a long bed, and then I think also you just make it a really eco box, like frontier. Uh, excuse me, Pathfinder, if you just make it real eco-friendly, I think you'd probably take the fleet market, you know, but then, I mean, are you competing against the Nissan Please. MVs and yeah. the vans? And so I, I can see a perspective why they wouldn't do it, but I'm just saying that's, it would be a nice experiment. So last thing I'm going to say is that, uh, you know, being a hard body and being as a throwback or uh, an homage to nineties uh, Nissan pickups, there's got to be a Nissan edition cup holder, the one that hangs on the door with the window. <laughs> like, just got to keep it true, you know, just for yeah. a, a, a second. Well, I mean, uh, if you had the standard model in the, and, and this is just if you own that vehicle for a short time, it really was just this really long shifter. I mean, it was yes, massive. It was it a huge was. shifter. I mean, it was like it had to be damn near two feet. And then at the bottom was where your cup holders kind of sat around that, if I remember that correct. I mean, it was it. It was simplistic. And, uh, man, I love that. And, and then now it's like trying to find a hard body is, is, has gotten up there. Like they're starting to be, um, they're starting to come into their own as far as their value and, and things like that. So it's, I Hell, think even so. the Pathfinder. There, yeah, there's so. a cult, I mean, not cult, but you know, I mean, it's such a strong following but, for those. Though they'll be, I mean, if you think about it, the hard body went and survived one round of mini truck society destruction for all yeah. those vehicles. Yeah. Just like the drift kids with the 350Zs, they just went and they just destroyed everything. So the last surviving, you know, hard bodies are now going through a mini trucking resurgence, which is happening right now. A mini trucking yeah. is starting to like stay, take off again, um, but they're only picking certain models to do it. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy. So I think the hard bodies are even going to more is going to even escalate more in value. But we'll see how it goes. So, you know what else that survived? Hmm. Cash for clunkers. You remember Cash for clunkers? Cash for clunkers <laughs> killed everything so good. Everything so good in this world, many. as far so as the like, rat era, just went the, down the drain. Yeah, was, the, was, they killed yeah. the rat. The, the a lot of Nissans. I'm gonna just say that all your Sentras <laughs> went in there. Your old Pathfinders. Your old uh, your your old hard bodies. Your old Zs. Yeah, uh, man, your, it's so sad. I remember that. And, and oh man, that's a whole. It was a government program too. Like they were trying to get. We've out. done it twice. We've done yeah. it. I think we we did it. The first one was hard, hardcore with Obama, and the second one came around. I can't remember whose era it was. I mean, it may have been the beginning of Trump, and he just like that was it. And then so it wasn't that yeah. popular the second time around. But yeah, uh, it's like because everybody needs these cheap cars that are. That's what's the market's after right now. This is why all those cheapy cars. You know, all these like crappy cars are like overvalued right now because the market hasn't caught up after COVID. But I digress. So anyway, but that's everything that I have for Nissan Frontier News for right now. Now, as far as new models, uh, you also have some mm. new model news as well, right? 
I do. I do. So as I was doing some research trying to find the right article for you guys, one article stuck out the most through multiple sites. And I'll go ahead and throw the one up that I have from the carscoops.com. Um, so for those who don't know, I mean, it's been spoken about before. Nissan and specifically Nismo are getting into the EV performance game. Uh, it's been mentioned. People know about it. However, this is the first time that it's actually been seen physically. So the headline here, the sporty 2024 Nissan Aria Nismo is caught testing at the Nürburgring in Germany. And uh, this is a big thing. So we're actually seeing development and testing of Nissan and well, Nismo's first ever um, edition uh, of a performance EV. And um, a little bit about it, though, you know, you do see improved aerodynamics, uh, a rear wing, uh, not two rear wings to be ex to be exact. You've got one that uh, exaggerates the roof line here along the top, and then you've got a second one that's just above the tail lights. Um, I, you know, I'm sure there's four reasons. I'm sure there is, especially being the Nismo edition potentially. And then you've got uh, rear bumper, side skirts, front bumper uh, changes. You, you see those side skirts there, actually? I can see them. The rear <laughs> bumper's been changed. The front is a little bit more aggressive. Now, and that's the thing about a front bumper is just, especially on an EV, is that you're not doing it for radiator cooling, per se, or engine cooling. But there is battery cooling that is also important. So, uh, although it is different, there is uh, a lot of different... Uh, reasons uh to to have the front end look the way it looks you know uh, again this is nissan and nismo's first time engineering a performance ev the uh, nissan did have the nismo leaf uh, however that was not a production car that was used in racing application only uh, so this i believe in my opinion is a critical moment for nismo you know in this new world of ev to to really blaze that path and say this is who we are this is what this is what the nismo difference is with uh with said model that they're turning uh into a nismo edition i think they've got to get it right they've got to be competitive you know um if i know nismo in my opinion uh what i think nismo means to me uh, like you see here in these pictures improved aerodynamics for sure you're probably going to see a more rigid body uh and very much more a, a much more sport tuned suspension. So, like you said, you're seeing it on the Nurburgring, one of the most notorious tracks in the world. Again, uh, if anybody's played it in a sim, I'm sure maybe you played it at the Tech Center there, man. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a very aggressive, uh, a, a, a great test bed to to ch to try out suspension tuning uh, in this car. Um, now, you are also going to see a small to moderate boost in power. Uh, I mean, if if we've Actually, in our last episode, we spoke about the Nismo Edition Z. And, you know, we saw power increase, uh, horsepower and torque. But um, I think what makes it, but it wasn't the, uh, the leading um, difference for a Nismo. I think the, the, the big difference with a Nismo Edition vehicle is, is aero, rigidity, and, and suspension tuning. Uh, you are going to get power, but that is, I, I think the other ones are probably more more of a priority, I think, uh, 
you know, what is power without control? That's what I've always said, you know, that's where suspension comes in. Yeah. I, I, I mean, one thing that I, I do want to say about the Araya, you know, credit previously before the NISMO is one thing you have to understand is there's thermal management systems for the batteries now. So that that's a little different and, and it's kind of, not a lot of people talk about that, but basically it's liquid cooling for the batteries, which is something that is um, is is great battery technology that has kind of been overlooked by a lot of other EV companies. Um, mm-hmm. This is just spells better performance. I mean, in hot and cold weather, I mean, you're you're getting, I potentially think reliable EV. EV performance, if you will, plus more battery protection when using like these fast chargers, which mm-hmm. are really problematic. And these, uh, I find that we're seeing a lot, it, me being in the world that I am in insurance, mm-hmm. and we see what's the leading cause of some of these fires that that's happening with some of these EVs. I'm leaving names out, yeah. but it's it, nine times out of 10, it's fast chargers that that's, that's causing the problems or, or it's a failure of a cooling system for these batteries that are just, they're getting really hot or it's the materials that the batteries are made of. Nissan's taken a really long time to, it, it, they've taken a good while to come to market, but I think it, it, they had a massive learning curve and they put a lot of development in, in into everything that they're putting out. So the Araya coming out, it was already potentially a fine-tuned machine. And for them to put a Nismo out immediately when the Araya is just getting its initial launch out there, that to, that to me speaks confidence, you know? So we'll, we'll hopefully see that, hopefully we'll see that that confidence is, uh, is well-deserved. You know what I mean? That's, tr- that's true. You know, I think you mentioned it once before uh, at some point that we were hanging out that, you know, of course this, the Aria is a, uh, you know, a vehicle that's, you know, blazing this path. It's a, it's a new model, but you don't really see them out very often. I know, of course, this kind of is a post-pandemic uh, uh, supply chain, maybe one of the issues. Um, it was. The I mean, numbers are relatively low, but yeah, to see yeah. a Nismo so quickly. I think, honestly, the other thing, too, is Nissan had to kind of balance between pro- producing a number of Zs out there that they really wanted to manage the quality and the production on. And at the same time, immediately just change out the line and, and pump out a rise. So it's going to be this like back and forth balancing act for a hot minute until the mark, the vehicles make it to market. And then eventually it'll all balance out. But um, you know, like those lucky SOBs that got their new Zs. Good job, fellas. I know there's a lot of them out here today and uh, you know, great, but same thing. I, I wish there was this much excitement. And then there was this much dedication, people wanting the new Araya, uh, you know, publicly. I haven't seen a lot of it, but I think when they finally start hitting market and people get really excited about them, um, I think we'll, we'll start seeing, you know, love for the vehicle start coming around. I mean, just like the only thing that I know of right now that's really popular and doing well is the uh, is the pole to pole. I mean, that's really it. And those guys are doing great. They're traveling across the world. I think I just checked. They were in like Cali, Colombia. Um, as of yes. today, and they were just doing their last service at a Nissan dealership in Cali, and they're trying to make their their trail um, to con- on their continuation back to the uh, the South Pole. So South Pole, the, that is true because I mean, as far as that expedition pole to pole, um, that at least on my radar, that's probably one of the only marketing. Rebel. Uh, that's happening. Re- well, the Rebel Rally. That's another one. But but they're both having to deal with, um, may, you might say. You might call it a little bit of endurance, um, yeah. 
trying to debunk or show that it is possible to drive an EV across the world, across the country, what it said country, uh, being able to keep batteries charged, um, terrain, right? Mm-hmm. We rebel rally. You're trying to show that these, these vehicles are capable. I, 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 they're really beating up the cars. And I feel like 2024 and into 2025, I feel like once the cars actually get out there, there's going to be people beating the hell out of these things in some kind of competitive manner. And I hope that's the case. I really want to kind of see that. I want to see these to be like that, that, uh, that underdog. And then all of a sudden people are like, dude, these are baller. Like these guys, these are killing it. So we'll see if that, uh, that's the case when it all, when everything's said and done. So. Now I did I some benchmarking I, before we, before we move on though, I did do some benchmarking. Um, I'm going to list out what the current performance models are because in this article, they're just spy shots. They're not giving us any numbers that we're still, we're still too far away from that. Sure. But we, but we do know the R and D is in progress. Um, current, if you were to go to the dealership right now and get the top of the line Aria, this is what you're going to get though. You're going to get a dual motor configuration, 389 horses and 442 pound feet of torque. You've got a zero to 60 in 4.8 seconds, and the, the vehicle weighs just over 4,300 pounds. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I start to speculate, well, what what will we see on a Nismo edition? And then the second thing I think of is who are its competitors? Who are you benchmarking it against? And, and we all know that EVs have this ability, awesome ability, for that instant torque. <laughs> you know, um, I'll give you an example. We always think about the Tesla and that ludicrous mode. Where just, yeah, it may not be used all the time. You're going to kill your battery very quickly if you do. But you do get that hit of ludicrous speed. I mean, have you been on, have you ever tried ludicrous speed in a Tesla? Yeah, I've done it with the one G, the the, the big G pull. I, I've I've sat in yeah. the car while it's, while it's happened. It was fun. So. so, and that's the thing. I'm doing some research here. So you got some competitors. The Aria's competitors might be the, you know, you might consider it the Mustang Mach-E. The Tesla Model Y, the yeah. Hyundai, the brand new Hyundai Iconic f- Five, the I N know. edition. I saw it. Yeah. yeah, and then Kia's got an EV6 GT version, and and in each of these models of cars, range between 450 horses up to 500. Sorry, 641 mm-hmm. horses. The Iconic uh, Hyundai Iconic has supposedly here 641 yeah, horses. Yeah, I know. So, what kind of horse, what kind of power do you think people expect out of a Nismo Aria? I mean, is it going to be somewhere in this range? Well, I if mean, I remember it, right, I mean, the zero to 60 on the Araya was something like five seconds. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. I'll, 4, I'll 4. Check. 4.8 currently. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, eh, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think you're ever going to make it into that kind of vehicle because i don't think that's conceptually what it was there for Mm -hmm. but if it i think the ruggedness and the and what it what you know like pole to pole is doing with the car Mm -hmm. i think that is really what the car is about um Mm -hmm. you know um let's see if the survivability aspect endures but i mean What's crazy is like, and again, I'll mention pole to pole for the last time, but I've been, <laughs> I've been really kind of following them. But the point is, I like, I don't know if they're keeping it quiet or, or talking about anything, or maybe nothing has happened, but there really hasn't been a whole lot of actual vehicle concerns or failures. It seems like they've been relatively comfortable in that vehicle. No, um, you know, and they've been going through some really bad stretches of, of parts of the country, some really bad roads, rough terrain. 
Yep. And I mean, other than just normal servicing, they're just kind of pushing on. And I'm like, okay, I mean, that's, yeah. it speaks volumes for that. If that's the case and nothing is in it and you know, there's no serviceability issues that kind of keep rearing its head and they're just not saying anything. I, but, uh, so, yeah. yeah, you know, I would be interested cause you're right. Um, the, the pole to pole was never meant, was never intended to be a time attack. It's no, meant no, to be no, never. Drive, just endurance. Sir, yeah, and endurance. So, so yeah. When it comes to service or any type of work that it needs along the way, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think it's been mentioned. I would be curious that one of these days a book is made about the expedition because it's it's a hell of an adventure for one. And mm-hmm. as a Nissan enthusiast, if if uh, the couple that is driving uh, that Aria. I would think well, a documentary would probably do. Journal. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Journal documentary would be perfect. I mean, they're I basically doing that now, so you just have to kind of keep up with it. But yeah, anyway. But uh, yeah. yeah, getting back to it. So, any other news on the Nismo Aria? Well, again, uh, I think my opinion is that uh, I think the power output, even if it is a ludicrous mode, just a you know use it as your will knowing that you're going to waste a battery i think i think that option has to be there just to kind of have some numbers on a in a brochure i think and to be competitive with with these other guys meanwhile you can still go back to having let's say they bumped that 389 horse up to just over 400 maybe 420 kind of like the nismo z or something like that mm. uh i don't think i don't think the zero to 60 is going to be faster than a nismo z i don't think that i don't think nismo would allow that nissan would allow that uh, and the Nismo Z is doing 4.2, I think. So if they can get that 0 to 60 from 4.8 to just above 4.2, I think that's kind of where its sweet spot's going to be. Um, but I just, think, I just think it needs to be competitive, especially with against Hyundai and Kia, which at least in my eyes has been a subpar brand. So I wouldn't want to let those those brands eat, eat my lunch like that. I will, I'm going to say they're up and coming because they're, they're bringing a lot to the table these days. I hate to say it, but uh, they are, you know, you just have to know how far your competition is behind you. So you know how far you need to get ahead of that or to stay competitive. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how things progress. We'll obviously keep you updated if there's any substantial news um, in regards to that. So. Last thing, you mentioned style and people catching on to the Aria and seeing them more and more often. Um, I was thinking about it, man. Do you think there's going to be a big Aria energy web Facebook page one of these days? Oh, uh, like a <laughs> – Like Ultima energy? A big Ultima energy. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't see that happening. <laughs> these uh, these cars are too damn expensive, um, so I don't see that happening. On uh, related kind of news, um, did you know the Maxima's dead? Officially, the last Maxima ran through, um, ran through the the plants just uh, mm-hmm. recently. So the Maxima line is now done, other than tooling for pro, um, for for OEM part yeah. um, supplies. But that's it. It is. I finito. knew it was on the chopping block. I I, I want to say we mentioned it lightly in the show, and it's been a while. Mm-hmm. But I did but not it know a, it was official as of this, officially, this month. It's officially or... discontinued at this point. Yeah. So that's a that's a long run, man. Maxima's been around since the mid '80s. Yeah. Uh, it's been cutting DS. off drivers for 20 years. So I'm like, I've been four lane changeovers. Oh yeah. 20 years of four lane changeovers in those. Uh, <laughs> so. I, of course, we're joking about the, um, for whatever reason here in the U S there's just a lot of like 
I don't know what it, there's an association to that car of just people just driving recklessly. Maybe it's just the power that there was given to them. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those uh, with great power comes great responsibility, but a lack of responsibility for some of these drivers. So, but, uh, yeah. For, for whatever reason. So it's, it's kind of within our community, it's kind of become a running joke that like, uh, that's like it, you know, the dangerous vehicle, uh, when you see them of all the Nissans that's out there. So true. true. Moving on. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into motorsports. Motorsports update, of course, is uh, a segment where we uh, look into Nissan's current motorsports portfolio, its race entries, supported teams, and how they're doing uh, at this time. Now, Mike, you've actually got the first update here. Now, Formula E is not um, going on right now, but there is a lot of news that's happening in the, in the uh, background, right? You're right. There's a lot of off-season news, a lot of off-season action happening right now. And what we're wanting to communicate with you guys is primarily driver change-ups. So, I mean, for the 2024 season, uh, we're still keeping the Gen 3 car that was just uh, debuted this year in 2023. But like very many of the uh, racing seasons, driver changes are are inevitable. And it did happen here to the Formula E, the Nissan Formula E team. So I'll share my article. This comes from the Nismo uh, uh, media room. What we're saying here, of course, we are saying goodbye to Norman Nato. Norman Nato. People never get it right. I'm in no exclusion. Goodbye to Norman Nato. And welcome back, Oliver Rowland, to the Nissan Formula E team. All right, all right. Welcome back, Rowland. Yeah. Now, um... Oliver Rowland returns for the 2024 season. Um, Rowland has spent the last two seasons with the Mahindra Formula E team. Um, Mahindra, just this season, finished seventh. Uh, sorry, uh, tenth. Uh, their team has finished tenth in the 2023 season. Just for reference, Nissan finished seventh. So I think in the eyes of Rowland, he's he's making a move. He's making a, a step up. Um, coming back to the the Nissan team. He did have a quote here saying that he's really excited. It's a bit of a homecoming for him. Uh, Back to the place I started my Formula E journey and had a lot of success. Uh, The team has been on a great trajectory over the last year with performance improving. I agree with that one. We were just talking about that. The uh, second half of the 2023 season saw a significant boost from uh, Nissan points finishing. Uh, I said he's, he's confident that uh, uh, Sasha Fenestras and him will make a strong pairing, show incredible speed. Uh, looking forward to getting back to work. Uh, so uh, awesome commentary from uh, Roland, who is back in the seat with Nissan. Uh, Sasha Fenestras stays with the Formula E team uh, for his second year. And if you remember, last year was uh, two all-new drivers, but we do have Sasha Fenestras back for year number two. Uh, meanwhile, the, the driver we're replacing, uh, Norman Nato, he's the one, for those who follow our motorsports update, uh, he is the one who um, has had a pretty, a pretty good year uh, in terms of points finishing, especially the second half of the year. He's going off to the Andretti Formula E team. Uh, the Andretti Formula E team finished third as a team in 2023. So um, I still think we have a great pairing. I remember talking very highly of, of uh, Oliver Rowland. Uh, I think he's going to be good for us. Uh, I yeah. think uh, 
Norman may have just gotten a better offer. Maybe uh, he was pretty consistent, issues. and he was had some surprising wins. Um, you know, when he was racing season before last, right? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Two two yeah. years ago, so yeah, two years ago, yeah. And he was doing good. I mean, th there were some days that he was surprising. He had a struck a bad luck, like two races. Then he get like I think he had like a DQ one, and then uh, something <sighs> happened with like a. Oh, some kind of power that power strip remember that thing uh, and it was yes, like or yes. too much you used too much juice so you got a juice uh slap on the hands i i think there's been a few um i know that by reputation at least in the last couple of years it has been the qualifying where the both drivers both cars both of our cars show uh progress in the race it's just bad qualifying uh yeah. for, for whatever for a variety of reasons but um I, I still, uh, I think Oliver Rollins. I think it's a good run-up. Yeah, I mean, it's a yeah. it's a good choice. Like I said, he was he was definitely competitive. So maybe he's matured a little bit. Maybe he's found himself. And uh, sometimes, you know, drivers come alive after they've had an opportunity to bounce around a little bit, and then they're like, "Damn, why do we let that guy go?" Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> people are telling themselves that. So it's true. I mean, like I said to have this good pairing of drivers. I'm excited to see them for the 24, 2024 season. But uh, also, um, again, I can't. I keep on talking about it. It's if you saw this. I mean, and just again, I watch it because uh, you know for the show here and and to be a part of it. The increase in performance the Nissan Formula E team after making some changes uh, at the end of this this year, they were significant. And so when you finally, when we finally get that for a full year, much less whatever they're doing now in this off season and testing, uh, all these improvements that uh, are being made, you know, the Formula E team, Nissan Formula E team has been first place, has been a, 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 a champion of the Formula E season. I can see them returning to that too. So um, sure. I'm excited, man. I really am excited about this. Um. Preseason testing will take place in Valencia, California on October 20. Sorry, in place in Valencia, October 23rd through the 27th. Uh, but uh, before the opening round of the uh, championship in Mexico City on January 13th. So until we get more information about anything having to do with the team, uh, any any actual motorsports results that we can share with you won't happen until January, though. Uh, but in the meantime, you can go to FIAFormulae.com to get more information, uh, not only about the series, but also the teams. And, of course, you can go to Nismo.com for updates on the Formula E team. But uh, that's what I got, man. All right. So uh, on that, we're going to go ahead and step in here to uh, Super GT News. Um, you know, it's been a minute since we've obviously had an opportunity to do the show, but um, there has been some updates as of late in regards to what is happening with um, with, uh, with Super GT. There's actually been two races um, since we've been on here as of last. So we'll do our best. I'm going to uh, we did rounds five, which was at Suzuka. And then, of course, round six, which is at uh, Sugo. Um, that was just uh, this past weekend. So I'm going to just give you a quick um summation of uh, round five, which was at Suzuka. Um, you know, for the 500 class, um, not the best uh, overall. Um, fifth place, Morelli Impulse E. 
um, ended up uh, sitting on fifth place. And then from there, a lot of the Z's just kind of fell down at the end. So not the best day for the 500 series. In the 300 series for Suzuka, um, we actually didn't have a GTR until we stepped into, let me see here. Uh, it was the Frontier GTR, and that wasn't until damn near the bottom. So it, wow. to me, it wasn't the best day. Like the Ponos Gainer did 13th place. The run-up Rivial um, was in 14th place. Tanak, the Gainer Tanax was 15th place. So just, just a bad day for Nissan all around. Um, but I will say that the uh, Sugo race was a little bit of change of uh, change of pace. So we actually kind of uh, redeemed ourselves, as it were. Now I'm going to go ahead and give you some race results, and these are just the final race results for the 17th of this um, of this month. Um, so. The second place um, actually went to car number 23, the Moto Altec Z. Mm. Um, ended up um, sticking for second place. And then fourth place was car number one, the Morelli Impulse Z, formerly the Calsonic uh, Impulse team. That nice blue. Nice, beautiful blue. And uh, fifth place, uh, car number 24, the Realize Advan Z, uh, ended up taking that. Ninth, finishing up uh, car number three, the Nitera Moto Z. Um, That's where they sat. Now, if you think about it, <clears throat> from everything that happened with that car 23 right before the uh, mid-season break, that was the car that was destroyed. Yes, that car right. came back. Finally, <clears throat> I was hoping they were just going to come right into it, but they were struggling a little bit with that car. <clears throat> now they're sitting in second place with that vehicle um, for this race, which to me was That's is good. So Yes, amazing. Um, let's talk a little bit about the 300 series for the GTRs. Um, again, kind of falling short just a hair. I would have liked to seen uh, them sit up a little bit higher as of who wouldn't. But we didn't really have anything until ninth place. So ninth place, card number 10, the Ponos Gainer GTR uh, ended up taking that. Tenth place, card number 56, the Realized Nissan Mechanic Challenge GTR, which is one of my favorites for the 300 series. Um, they, they sat again on 10th. 12th, um, that was card number 11. Uh, that was the Gainer Tenex GTR. Mm. So that's where we're sitting at right now. Um, again, this is an eight-round race. Uh, we have currently completed six. So we only have two more races until the end of the season. So that will go ahead and be uh, round seven. Will actually uh, won't happen until the 14th of October, and that'll be at Altopolis. And then, of course, round eight is Moteji, the final round. That'll be in November 4th, and then we are done. Now, <clears throat> I know I'm kind of giving you some downer news as a whole, but I did want to kind of give you some good news. So as of late, <clears throat> Nissan's already obviously testing its 2024 Z model. Ooh. Um, out there and it's funny because last year the z was the fastest vehicle on the track in pre-season testing yeah the same thing has happened for 2024 on the pre-season right. testing the new z's kicking ass and it, it was one of the fastest car around for the pre-season so again um i mean I, they're just letting it all go so i'm hoping that the new design for the 2024 is going to give them that little um, edge to where they can come back and kill because at the beginning of the season Nissan was killing it. Um, and then they've uh, stumbled just a hair. I think other teams found their speed and now they're competing with all that. I mean, cause everything is really, really tight on super GT right now. Um, so we'll see how they kind of come out and do for the rest of the season. Um, unfortunately our Facebook page is still down because of 
whatever God knows. We're waiting for review. Facebook, yeah. Whatever. And so I have been unable to give you guys complete updates and links to the races. But again, you can check out everything. Um, Nismo, uh, Nissan does amazing. Like about the week afterwards, they have their own like document, uh, docu-series, if you will, about um, the review of the race for Super GT. I highly recommend checking those and subscribing to those because those are great updates and it's great coverage, honestly. Um, so if you get an opportunity, I would definitely subscribe to those because it's just that's how I get my updates. And then, of course, I follow everything else for the, the news. But, uh, yeah, that's everything that's happening with Super GT that's going on right now. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing 2024 happen. And then it sounds like the, uh, the the difference between those two rounds you mentioned, the the, the Z and GT500 class made a greater improvement from uh, from one yeah. to the next. Uh, was there any particular like th- issue be- be behind the performance being lacking in that first round? That that first round that we mentioned was it rain or like just no, no. It was it was pretty much just a an on and off day. I mean, you know, I, I I watched I watched both both rounds and it was just consistently good. It was just a, I, like I said, I feel like a lot of teams found their found their speed over the break and. Nissan just was staying consistent and everybody else is kind of catching up and surpassed them. Um, that, that, uh, there's a couple of NSXs that are just always like on their tail. And I feel like they just jumped it. And, um, though that that's really kind of been the car that, that the Z has been fighting against for the most part. So. Okay. Okay. All right, man. No, I appreciate you letting me know. I was curious. I know, uh, I need to do more GT, G, super GT. There's just so many, there, there, there's a watch, lot, you know? and there's more yeah. stuff that we we watch that we don't even comment on, so that Nissan's involved in, but on the grassroots scale. But speaking of grassroots, uh, you have an update here for us for some of our really good friends with the Nissan Challenge, right? I do, I do. So the Nissan Challenge boys out there in Southern California did have a race uh, since the last time we spoke. Nice. Uh, most recently, yeah, yeah. Uh, round five just happened this past weekend, September seventeenth. The uh, venue was the Buttonwillow Raceway Park, and uh, through their site, which is corner3motorsports.com, you can see the uh, results of that race, and I've got a few notes here that I'll go ahead and share with you. Now, there are a total of four classes competing uh, with the Nissan Challenge Series this season. Uh, Each class, of course, has its own... uh, um, specifications and if you want more details on that definitely go to corner three the number three motorsports.com and you can get more information on that though uh, however for this last race round five uh, the first class uh, first place goes to charles park he dominates this class <laughs> by 13 seconds over the next car uh, charles park in his r35 gtr Obviously, just just killing it this season, and specifically this last race as well. That's good. Moving into the second class of racing, uh, Tom Weeb wins first in his Infinity G37. Uh, now, it was this was of all the classes, this was the closest. Uh, again, I should say uh, this was the closest um, margin uh, uh, this week. Uh, second place belongs to Luke Lederman. I want to give him a shout out in his three. 50z he missed out on first place by only four tenths of a second so it was close 
G thirty seven and three fifty Z at at Button Willow here. Uh, third class goes to Adam Zia. I hope I'm saying that right. Three fifty Z. He wins first place by a pretty healthy margin there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I knew I got that wrong. <laughs> uh, fourth class. Uh, fourth class belongs to Brian Abad. He has the B fourteen Sentra. He outran Alex Kiros uh, in his S14 by nearly about five seconds to win first. So, again, a little bit of a healthy margin there between first and second place uh, in each of these classes, though. Uh, there are uh, a, let's see, it's three rounds left, and the next one happens October 28th at the Streets of Willow. Uh, the next race is actually a part of the SR20 convention. Miles, I, I know me and you know of the SR20 convention. It's been happening for a lot, a number of years. Yeah, We actually had them a part of a, an old Nismo Fiesta event back mm-hmm. in, uh, was it, 10 years back or so. Uh, awesome guys running that Yeah, show. nice guys, and they're super passionate about it. So it's basically our version of LS Fest. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so kudos to those to guys engine, for yeah. carrying that torch, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the next round will happen. Obviously all, all of this action with the Nissan challenge series is in the SoCal Southern California area. Let's just call it Los Angeles within a radius of Los Angeles. And uh, if any of you guys here are hearing this episode and haven't heard of this or if curious to go out, we definitely want to encourage you guys to uh, check out Nissan challenge uh, to spectate, and if you really want to uh, participate, you want to talk to a number of guys there who are organizing this event. Again, we've had them on the show before. Uh, we do have our buddy Edgar um, as, as one of those team members. And, uh, man, they'll tell you anything that you want to know uh, about your car. They, they have a lot of head knowledge, a lot of experience with a variety of Nissan platforms for the track application. So you you really are doing – you're learning a lot. I think it's a, it's a really great opportunity for those who get a chance to or would care to. Uh, you've definitely got a great source uh, in the Southern California area. Um, so that's uh, Nissan Challenge. I know next up on our docket here is the Centra Micro Cup Miles. I know – I think you covered this one. Yeah, um, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the uh, the race results that happened. Um, again, with uh, let's see here. Okay, so um, it's I apologize here, I lost my train of thought. So the Centra <laughs> Cup is actually a grassroots racing series based out of Canada. Um, it's basically six weekends worth of uh, racing from May through September. Um, and it actually just uh, ended here. Um, it, this is exclusive for the Nissan Sentra and microcars. Now, um, I think this is actually rounds, let's see here, nine and 10. Uh, let's see here. Now, August 25th through August 26th, um, that was, um, there was two races. Uh, this event was actually held at the, uh, it's like, Complex ICAR in Maribel, Quebec. Um, now, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, placement. So, Valerie Limoges, which is actually last year's uh, race winner, yeah, champion, um, she ended up taking first place for um, for the uh, for uh, all right round awesome. seven here. Um, Axeller 14 um, and Daniel 14. I don't know if they're brothers or it's just a strange coincidence. <laughs> second and third place. Now, round eight, 
uh, was Alexander 14 stepping up to first place, Daniel 14 um, in the second place, uh, Nicholas Barrett, who we've heard that name before, who's coincidentally the fastest lap for that day as well. Third place, Valerie falling down into fourth. Now, remember we we had Sarman Charbonneau um, as just kind of dominating like yeah. the last few rounds. Um, so he kind of, he was disqualified around uh, seven and eight. Whoa. Yeah. So I don't know what happened with it. I, again, I don't get enough information on this to know uh, what happened if that was a DQ, but I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that he was dominating, you know, the last, the last um, couple races, uh, maybe there was something that wasn't uh, quote unquote fair with the vehicle, Spec. or maybe he, you know, the vehicle just didn't qualify. You know, maybe he had an, an issue with the vehicle and just a, bad, a string of bad luck. I couldn't tell you. Wish I had more details on it, but that's it. So September 2nd and 3rd was round 9s and 10. Valerie Limoges uh, takes first place um, for round 9. Nicholas Barrett, again, who we knew that name, um, came into second. And Matthew Marone uh, came into third. It was a up-and-comer that had previously placed below the third. Um, but, uh, yeah, he ended up finally getting a, a place on the podium. Alexander 14, best lap for round nine. And let's see here. Round 10, Alexander 14, first place, ended up sitting at the top of the, uh, at the top of that win. Simon Vincent coming in second and Nicholas Marine, um, all who was third place also took third place for round nine and 10. So he was the winner. Daniel 14 ended up taking fastest lap. But unfortunately, he had a DNF along with Valor Limoges. Oh, um, no. Also had a DNF uh, that day. And Nicholas Barrett also had a, um, a DNF. So a crazy race for round 10, unfortunately. Now, as far as the race results and the winners, um, it, surprisingly, it hasn't been released yet. We'll let you know who the final race. I would have thought there would have been a point. Um, update here, but for whatever reason, I couldn't find anything as far as who is the winners for the Central Cup um, officially. Oh, you mean yeah? Because this was the final races of the season, right? Is that what you mm -hmm. mean? So the the, the, yeah, the actual I, championship points and winners. Exactly the championship points. I, I would have thought it was. I mean, I could tell you the, the drivers' results right now. Where Alexander for, uh, fourteen was sitting uh, with the most points at four hundred thirty six. Um, Nicholas Barrett, uh, 369. Uh, again, these guys were really dominating and, and getting into the top of the, uh, uh, the top of the placements, uh, consistently throughout Valerie Limoges. I'm sitting at third, uh, with 354 points, Daniel 14 with 280 Sh Simon Charbonneau at 279. So he actually got bumped down as far as points, um, to fifth place if he's even in consideration for that. So, yeah. Man, you know, and I, and I know out of, that out of 30 drivers, you know, out of, and that's what I was saying, because, you know, for those who watch the show, we, we kind of we tend to, to, to share that's like five or six names pretty commonly. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Out of a grid of 30, it, it really I think it shows uh, it, 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 well, as a spectator, it's got to be who follows this thing. There's tons of entertainment in this because you, you get these people that. Essentially, they're building up the stakes, especially the last race of the season when it comes down to points. I mean, yeah. for anybody who's competitive, this is definitely something to watch, man. I think this, this is, you know, awesome. There, there tends to be, I think it was, I think it was Simon. Uh, Charbonneau. Yeah. Who was he the one who always, he tends to get best lap a number yeah. of times, but he may not 
he may be podium, but maybe third or maybe some fourth or something like that. There's like a there's a trend that you see as you as you follow this thing throughout the. Entire yeah, season. so I mean, just to talk a little bit about, so they have number of pole positions. So Alexander fourteen um, actually had two um, number of pole positions. Um, Valerie Lamoche, again two for number of pole. Um, Simon six. <laughs> see, I, I and I caught it. Yeah, because exactly what you're saying. Yeah. That's. It's uh, and, and that's out and six, you know, I'll, I'll put it this way. Number of pole position six out of seven races he competed in, <laughs> you know, that's, so that's yeah. I don't know if it raised an eyebrow with somebody and maybe that's why he, or maybe the vehicle just couldn't finish, you know, the series and he just kind of fell down. But I, I really thought he was in it to win it. Um, I thought he was going to be the guy, uh, or, you know, he was definitely one of my top three that was going to get mean, it. So. It, and what I've learned, uh, Alexander Fourteen, man, he's been consistent. You know, he's he has been as well. And then he came at the end and just kind of took it. So yeah, and, and that's what I've learned. You know, for the, for the amount of time that we've spent in this last year, even where we where we where we talk about these positions, not only with racing but with qualifying. And then I'm even thinking back to the uh, the GT4 interview that we that I did uh, earlier this season. You know, oftentimes you'll find drivers. I mean, they're they're either really good at racing more so than qualifying, or maybe they're better at qualifying and not so much racing. It, it, it's a mixed bag, but it know. sounds like from what those numbers you mentioned that, Hey, someone there is awesome at qualifying. <laughs> he can, yeah. Racing. Okay. Well, he's getting there. You and know, it might've been a yeah. string about, it. you know, again, I am all speculating because I didn't get an opportunity to watch any of those last races and there was really no official updates online as far as what was happening with it, at least what I could find that was English based. Right. So, um, that I could cover. So again, I hope for more coverage from them as always. And then I hope that we, um, we can get maybe a little more English translation with some of this stuff. So we'll kind of go from there, but again, that was a Centra uh, cup and yeah, that was, uh, that's the end of the series. So we won't be covering it until we have any updates about for coming up for next year. Now, uh, I guess uh, you also need to cover uh, GT America, right? Man, GT America was definitely pretty damn big. This is actually the uh, – oh, man, of, of all – motorsports update seems to be the longest segment for sure because this is so much happening. Well, it's, it, we're finishing up with stuff, and <laughs> it really is because a lot of motorsports is either it's running to its final rounds, mm -hmm. it's summations, winners. I mean, all that stuff's – we're in the season of it right now before everything starts – working its way down in the next month or two so anyway yep. go ahead yeah this is the last the last race that we're going to be covering as part of motorsports update of course we are talking about the nissans which compete at the gt america series now we've got um multiple nissan z's um competing in two different classes and so we'll get into that um first off uh the gt america series uh was competing at the Road America track. This is round nine and round 10 um, of the series. It was taking place August 18th through the 20th. It was at Road America in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Um, we're going to start with the GT4 class. This is where our friends at the TechSport Racing Team have been competing with their GT4 spec uh, Z cars. Uh, of course, we have the number 22 car. That is the black and red uh, Nissan Z, Eric Powell and Colin Harrison. And then you have the number 23 car. That is the white and red Z car, GT4 spec, 
Brian Heikotter, and Tyler Stone. So, um, man, I, I'm just going to preface this and say that it was it it was uh, it was a rough week, uh, a rough weekend. Um, that's that's saying it lightly. I'll be honest, though. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into it uh, now. We'll start off with qualifying, although there were multiple practice sessions and test sessions before that. You know, really, we're getting into the thick of the racing of the weekend when you get into qualifying. Uh, now, we did have the number 23 car uh, driven at the time by Tyler Stone have an accident, went off track. Uh, unfortunately, the car was not able to be repaired in time. So for the number 23 car at Road America, that was essentially all she wrote for, for that weekend. So um, that car was not was not at race one nor race two. Um, getting into the number twenty two car, the remaining uh, GT four Z car driven by Eric Powell and Colin Harrison. Um, now I've got the notes here. I'm going to share my screen. This is race one at Road America. Now this was there was a lot going on for sure. Now unfortunately, when you look at the TechSport racing car, uh, this was a did not start for Colin Harrison and Eric Powell. Uh, I do know that the car that the race ended under safety car. I mean, there was multiple cars, multiple accidents. Um, you know, you see it here essentially DNS, but uh, it was 12th in its class. If, if you are kind of keeping track, essentially last in its class. Um, when you get into race two. It is also tricky because what happened is that, you know, with every race, there's a qualifying session. Well, during qualifying two, uh, Eric Powell did make contact with the wall, uh, according to the notes that I have here. Yeah. And um, it put a big red flag on, on most of the event. Most cars didn't have a chance to establish a time. And so for that reason, uh, instead of using qualifying two, as a position, as a means to um, determine grid order, the the, the league, the SRO league, uh, GT Series league, used practice two times as a means to establish grid order for the second race. So uh, with that, um, Colin Harrison, Eric Powell, they did finish here in thirtieth place. They had a best time of two minutes nineteen seconds and seven thousandths of a second there. Um, again, overall. Overall, it was 30th position. So, again, it was a rough weekend for the guys. I do hope that uh, this, this upcoming week, upcoming races, uh, do better for them, though. But it they, they were accident-prone. Uh, for I mean, whether whether at fault or not, uh, you know, I have to get into details on that. But uh, it You was, know, there's yeah. a lot of traffic. I mean, it's crazy. Whenever When I watch this race, my stress level is even higher than what I would normally watch because there's just so much <laughs> goddamn traffic that's out there I'm, I'm amazed that there isn't more accidents when when these that's a know. really good that's a really good point too because you know gt4 the gt4 series has four subgroups in it and and in that is is, is where, where we we're in as well i want to say the grid typically has about 43 it's it's like 40 plus entries with every race and you know, Road America is a fairly big track, but still big enough for 43 cars. I, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, you're right. Especially during qualifying. It is, it is hard, man. I would think 
There's a lot of crap left on that track. There's a lot of, you know, debris and dirt and stuff. And it's just like all that plays into it. It's like, I know you, I don't know. It's just, that's my, it's just nuts. So it is true though, man. And, you know, as I've been watching the series uh, this season, yeah, I mean, it's not the first time you you see, um, you see the safety car out pretty often with each race, just because of how much time there is uh, going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, we'll, we'll get into the upcoming race here in a second here though. However, there was a new Nissan entry, uh, for this season, 2023, this was for the GT America class. And this was somebody that we've had on the show before. Of course, we're talking about Brian Locke and the Valkyrie CDR team. Um, their entry was the, uh, R35 Nismo GTR, uh, as part of the team, Brian was actually driving a Acura NSX uh, this season. Now he is a Nissan boy at heart. So I'm going to go ahead and give him his due on that one. <laughs> but uh, uh, the team did consist of a, uh, of a GTR uh, in, in its class. So uh, again, it is some unfortunate news though, getting into race one, the driver of the GTR uh, R35 GTR uh, Amir Halim uh, did not, he did not finish the race. Yeah, there he was, suffered a crash, right? There was a late, late into that race, near near the end. Uh, you know, yeah. he just kind of barreled down on the inside of the lane. Uh, Tishy took a car out, man. It it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too good. Uh, but um, fortunately, the damage was extensive enough to 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 not have the car ready for the second race, which was happening the following day. Okay. So for that reason, uh, the GTR did not finish first race and did not start on the second. Any race. updates on Halim? Is he okay? He is safe. He he is he's he's in good condition. I believe. Uh, of Other course, driver. Many drivers they okay. yeah they they do the pre- the standard medical check and all that though. But uh, from, from what I've heard, he he is okay. Yeah, he was able to walk away. Good. That's good news. That's good news. That's good news. Yeah. yeah uh, so. Brian Locke though, I will say again, even though he wasn't a Nissan, I know he's a Nissan boy at heart. Uh, he did a very, very impressive run. Um, race one, uh, race two specifically, though. Race one, he did finish eighth place. Uh, it was the second race that uh, he finished fifth overall. And so I definitely want to give him, a, uh, again, as, as having, he is our friend, and having been uh, on the show before, it was an awesome, awesome finish in race two for him. Uh, he was fifth place, but place one through four, were all Mercedes. So he was essentially the second constructor of the race to win. And this was his first race of the season. That is an impressive feat. So I think that was really awesome. Uh, definitely giving a shout out for man. This guy's, I hope he's still kind of living on that high, man, because <laughs> that's, that's a hell of a, hell of a feather in the cap, in my opinion. But uh, getting into the next race, September 22nd through the 24th, that is this weekend. Uh, you've got the uh, GT America Series happening round 11 and round 12. We are in Florida this weekend at Sebring International Raceway. And again, we'll be covering this in our next episode. But until then, we are wishing the best to Tech Spork Racing, our drivers of the uh, GT4 Z car, and of course to CDR, Valkyrie CDR race team, uh, and, and their uh, Brian Locke and the team to uh, to maybe continue some of that good results that they had uh, they, they just had at road america uh again for those of you that are interested you can find uh live uh racing uh of the races uh usually on saturday and sunday you can go to youtube 
Uh, also, you can go to gtamerica.us forward slash watch dash live. We'll, we'll include these in the show notes to you to have a link. And you can see uh, either live timing and or video footage of the racing. So uh, definitely, uh, it, it is a very entertaining time to do that, though, man. Oh, very cool, man. Yeah. Well, that ends our motorsports piece of it. Um, I did get a message here from a, a few friends of ours. Um, Kelsey Stefan and her husband are uh, who we've had. We've partied with them and seen them. Yeah. We met them at Branson's Fest, surprisingly. And then we partied with them uh, when they came and visited us here in Texas. And we took them out for a night on the town. And, and we've just kind of remained close, all of us, since then. But um, her and her husband are actually in Japan right now. Um, doing like their own uh, personal little Nissan tour. And I've been following them on their Facebook updates and they've just been having the best time. I think tonight, um, which is uh, in Japan, I don't even know what time it is. They're probably so it's like 9 a.m. It's about a 12 yeah, 13 hour <laughs> They did a Mari Kart. Um, no yeah, they did it. So kudos to them for pulling that up. I talked to her uh, in text earlier today. They were trying to make the Omari factory, um, which the is Nismo Friday in Japan already. Yeah. yeah, they were trying to make the uh, the Nismo, the Amori factory and the Nismo um, location. But unfortunately, it was closed on Fridays. They didn't know no. that. So I, I don't think they were able to attend it. <sighs> so it looked like from their pictures, they're having, uh, they made up for it by just kind of going everywhere with their free time and regardless of it. So it looked like they're having the best time. And we wish them a nice safe return, but we still wish that they have a couple nights of fun and debauchery in Japan. So glad they made it out there, man. It's a hell of a hope they buy tons of cool parts. Oh, he says it's 11 17 AM here. So they just woke up 14 hours. (laughs) Well, well, good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you. I I was telling him, I was like, if you go out and you go have a couple drinks, um, live off Bakari sweat and green tea in the morning. That's like the hangover cure for Japan because it's dangerous drinking in Japan, man. Between the highballs and like the vending machines that have beer in them, like on the yeah. streets, dude, you in trouble. We that's that's a whole another like topic. It's a whole another topic because we've yeah. both been to Japan as well, and we talk about just the differences and the cool things that about it, man. Um, it's the only so place cool. I know you can still get Zima. i I mean you can find them from here and you know in the states but in japan like you go to bars it's it's still riddled with zimas and i'm like all right and i mean it is what it is so i like zimas from time to time i hope you're enjoying your time out there guys that's uh that's so cool enjoy it up it is a hell of a time go to an up garage and buy some parts up garage uh, yeah up garage uh, up garage buy some parts auto box and if you get a chance yeah. Stop by like the little uh, half price book equivalencies that are around there, and they have really cool like die casts typically, and some of those like uh, like the the motorsports books and um, and mm-hmm. yeah, Akihabara man, go hunt for all the all the one forty three and one twelve scale stuff. We nerded out with that stuff when we were there. <laughs> I, I remember. God, I dropped hundreds <laughs> on the yeah. crap while I was there. So, but we now, wish you. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, go for it. Now, again, uh, our buddy Tetsu in Utsunomiya. Uh, yeah, it's Z a drive factory. Uh, it, it is a drive. It's north. But uh, Z-car, you get a ultimate chance, Z car garage. Ultimate Z car is an awesome little thing, man. So yeah, he's he's legend. So enjoy your time out there, guys. It's great to hear from you guys. Enjoy yes, it, man. Be it's safe. Enjoy it. Take 
continue to take lots of pictures and update us. Um, maybe we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk to them or chat with them one of these days, and uh, we can talk to them about their time and uh, spending in Japan when they're on their on their world tour. So we'll catch up. Um, let's uh, move on. So we have to go into our special segment here. Um, this is where we we either going to talk about a particular topic, something that's kind of uh, uh, in our brains, or uh, maybe we kind of want to talk about a product. In this particular uh, section of our special segment, we're going to go ahead and do a shut up and take my money, um, where we each kind of find some products, or maybe there's a vendor out there that we want to kind of shine a light on and give them their proper due. Um, as of late, I mean, I've, I talk about this a lot where I'm usually kind of helping somebody else out or I'm trying, I'm always on the hunt for like specifically like Nissan tools, mm-hmm. um, to kind of get my jobs done and like things that make my life a little easier. Um, yeah. I, I love that. So, um, recently there's been somebody that kind of bubbled up and, uh, if you can, Mike, um, you can give me the steering wheel. No, I got it and, for you. Uh, oh, you did? Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Cool. Yeah. So um, these folks, Omodos Motorsports, they kind of developed something that I th- I wished that was uh, available when I was trying to do some work for folks. Um, you know, like if we had Wheeler's car, we could have done it with this, uh-huh. you know, um, you know, when we were pulling engines in the last <laughs> year, it would have been nice. What I love about this plate, it's not specific. And that's one thing about the VQ is there's variations of the VQ that make it kind of a pain to pull. So it's like you either have to do a roping system or a sling and and make your own. But what I like about this one, it actually is a little more adaptive to all those variations of the VQ, the DE, the HR, the VHR. So this engine lift plate allows you to kind of pull from the lower plenum, if you will, and you can kind of connect it, as you can see on the left-hand side. It'll mount up to that position and allows you to kind of pull um, uh, allows you to pull the engines w- with a little bit of, uh, ease. So, yeah. I, what I like about it when, when I'm just seeing this too, is that on this mount, you've got three potential areas to, to, mm-hmm. to, to connect your hook from, from the hoist. And it's sort of dependent on whether or not you've got a transmission mounted to it still or not, because you mm-hmm. get that chance to counterbalance Correct. Correct. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like I would use this in conjunction with like, I don't know, I hate to say it like the big red unit that you, you can crank and, uh, and adjust and tilt and and offset the weight. I love that unit, uh, in that respect, um, because you can do that. If you get, if you have a really complicated, you know, build and one thing, uh, uh, you know, when you pull the VQ engine, if you've ever had to do it, I mean, everybody kind of does it differently, but most guys just disassemble the whole front of that damn car and take it all off and then mm-hmm. but you still the the pan is still a pain to kind of get with that cross member especially if you're trying to stab it with the whole transmission all together in there mm-hmm. that's the way you're attempting to do it you've kind of got to do a little bit of a nosedive and it gets tight right there so this believe it or not this this uh this mount helps with stuff like that if you have the right setup to where you can start getting the adjustability i also have seen guys do like ratcheting straps and they'll connect it to the front and the back and they just kind of uh, yeah either loosen it or tighten it and i know it sounds ghetto but it works you know i've had to do it both ways but i prefer much uh, of the full sling adjustability and uh no you know the pricing is not horrible for uh, for a new product out to market in this economy, 
Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, it didn't just stop there uh, with these guys. If you kind of go down towards the bottom, um, keep going down, scrolling. This isn't the only product they, they put out. Now, they're, they're still a, a fairly new um, as far as making tools, but these Nissan flywheel holders are, are kind of a godsend. Like normally, if you have a really strong impact, you can kind of just hit it and it'll come off. But one thing about the VQ engines, if you've ever had to take a crank uh, pulley off, they're put on with the strength of four dying stars. And um, <laughs> you you really kind of have to hit them with a really strong impact. I went through three of my three of my impacts and borrowed a fourth. And I hit it with like 130 PSI and it was still smiling at me. And I got to a point where the teeth were starting to become an issue. And there's softer aluminums that are here to play too as well as far as the castings on the blocks and things. So you can really start to screw stuff up if you start like using the flywheel, you know, the old um, flathead method or a crowbar. You can screw something out. So not having the right tool is perfect. And this also will not damage your flywheel potentially in those two teeth that you're kind of sacrificing sacrificing to to mar up you don't you want that contact for that starter um to be continuous so this is a, a really cheap and expensive tool that i was actually trying i was gonna make if that yeah. uh, if that last impact that i that i borrowed from the god of thunder didn't work <laughs> out for me and it just turned out that it worked out for me so i didn't develop it and me yeah. and Mike have been talking about, hey, should we just make these? But this guy went ahead yeah. and did it. So you've got um, two different variations that are available for this. Yeah. And uh, they, they make them both available. So I highly this... recommend um, if you're if you're a VQ nut, this is probably a tool you want to kind of maybe put on your yeah. Christmas list. So I agree, man, because um, I'm all about the tools, man. I, 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 I enjoy doing the work, but having the right tool for the job, doing things. Cuts your time just, down. Yeah. It's so fast. Yeah. Yeah. And what I like about this one, uh, as a po so what makes this particular transmission uh, flywheel lock uh, special, as opposed to the one we just talked about, is that this one can be installed at while the transmission's still still attached. So yeah. for for reasons. You know, and you have Miles. You had this story earlier this year. You had that <laughs> that crank nut. That that. Um, yeah. What's funny is my I had the same design made out in steel. Yeah. That I was like, all right, I had already chopped everything. I was plasma cutting everything, and uh, you know, you told me it was like, man, just try like a crazy, crazy impact. And I'm like, all right, I got one guy I know, and I literally loaded the whole engine on the back of the truck, and I took it over yeah. to his shop. And I was going to unload it. And he was like, I'll bring the impact out to you. And we hit it with like 200 PSI with his massive, like uh, the impact had a handle on the backside, if that tells you anything. And we hit it. And then the, <laughs> the, the like a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost like an air hammer, like setup. Air hammer. And it just yeah. came off in two seconds. And, uh, and he goes, he goes, that was it. And he goes, you're done. And he goes, I hit it with so much force that you didn't need that. He goes, but who the hell is going to have something like that? And he told me the price of that impact. And I'm like, right. Yeah, I would never and, buy it. You know, and, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. And think about it too. I mean, you know, there are a, guy, a lot of guys like ourselves, Miles, we'll, we'll have to do some work in a salvage yard. We're, say we're getting some parts Jesus out of Christ, a, a yeah. car that there's, there's no electricity nearby, no, mm -hmm. no pneumatic air nearby. This is the tool that you're going to need. Yeah, you're all nut busting that. that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. You're just, it's either, either it's going to give or you're going to have a hernia doing it. So, <laughs> but this tool, and I'm not joking. I mean, and, and I'm being sincere when that VQ is, is really put on 
Uh, I don't know if it's like the way they put it on at the factory, or maybe they're using some type of uh, like a like a uh, you know red dab or a, you know something on that thread to yeah. keep it locked into place. But it is on there with some force. I am not joking about that. I've taken it's... a lot of Nissan engines apart. Mm-hmm. VGs are easy to get apart. SRs, all that's uh, all the crank. This particular one is a pain. So this tool to me is a necessity if you're going to be messing around with some of the DQ stuff. And it's so cheap that it's it's going to pay, you know, it, it'll, it, it's worth it just to have in the toolbox. So I agree, man. Dude, great find on this one. This is all Mitos Motorsports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is the first time I've heard. Uh, the, I was going to do some research. I like it because it was just that. kind of no nonsense stuff. I mean, the, some of their stuff also that they have is a little more driven. I mean, like they have, um, you know, going through their, their website, they've got like billet covers, which are highly expensive, but super trick. If yeah. you've got the, if you got the means, I'd say go for it. But, <laughs> but I was mostly focused on this engine lift and yes, the, uh, the tools and, and the tools. I thought it was well, uh, well done. And so I wanted to make sure that I gave them a shout out um, for that. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I do love this one, man. Um, I'll get into mine, man. Uh, I am also featuring a, a company and product that they're developing and, and it really is the product that they make is is one of it's of those of the type where you think it's one of those like duh products like damn it man like duh like why isn't anybody you know why hasn't this been made it's so simple and yet so helpful so um i have a similar company that i wanted to promote uh and this company this is through their facebook but made from scratch designs and the product I see here is actually very similar to what you see. Uh, their primary application, uh, from the, from what I've seen, is the Z32 300ZX. Um, uh, let's see what we got here. The product that I that I liked the most um, actually was. Uh, let me catch it. Let me catch it here. Let me let these pictures uh, load. Uh, there was a series. Actually, they had a very similar piece. Of course, you do see for the 300ZX Z32 a very similar uh, mounting plate for you to hoist the engine up from its lower plenum uh, intake mm-hmm. plenum, as you see Ooh, here. All right, all right. That's not too bad. Uh, there were a number of uh, different brake uh, adapter brackets that they're that they're making, and. Uh, there was one particular product that I really like so much. And again, this is simple stuff. Um, okay, how about this one? You're on the passenger side, the passenger side uh, of your 300ZX where your ECU is, it's that piece of wood with that screw that you're doing to to cover the ECU. Well, I mean, it's wood. I mean, it's it's 30 you know years later. It's like, well, this one's made out of aluminum, man. Like, get one of these. This is a nice little touch. Uh, maybe yours is missing this you know it's these simple products that are just very nice touches that you can mm-hmm. do to the car um here's another one you know mm-hmm. on a this is a i believe this is a two two seater that's, yeah that's two plus two is it a two plus two yeah. so because as opposed to the particle board that again 30 year old particle board that yeah it gets it gets like two baths in it and then it just it just has that nasty bow in it and it's just it's just trash after that. So, and, and look at the precision here, man. You see how it, it they yeah. modified the design to fit with the styrofoam, uh, you know, off uh, uh, hazard kit. You know, uh, it's Hell, a nice for the touch. price for the price you're gonna pay f- for the particle board. 
Yeah. If you're you could probably just yourself. you could probably just get that, you know, and then you're done for the rest of your days. So I think it's baller. Absolutely. Um, I think there was one more that I want to share. This is actually one here. Actually, this is actually a really cool thing. Uh, this has to do with the air idle control valve. Oh and yeah. If you, for those who know, yeah, on that VG30 engine, the idle control valve on the on the rear side it's of it on the, the back with two 10 millimeter bolts, and then it and then the I uh, it's the idle adjuster, and then you've got the IAC um, that actually bolts to those other two 10 millimeter bolts in the back. So for the AC adjustment, yeah, for the cold, turn the AC on it, yeah, it, exactly. it kicks up the idle a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For those who know that if you're trying to find another one in good condition or much less a new one, they're pricey, super expensive, super expensive. And it is somewhat of a complex design. So they have a a bracket here where you're able to actually adapt and use an intake uh, idle control valve from a Ford. And these things are like 30 or 60 bucks, a fraction of the cost of what a Nissan version would be. And this bracket here, um, you know, you, you grab this common Ford item, which does the job. I mean, I haven't seen videos per se, though, but this idea is pretty ingenious, in my opinion. It fits underneath the hood. You probably have a splice on the in, on the, the sensor, but then you get a consistent idle. And at a fraction of the cost, you would for having to, you know, and you know how those idle air control valves are. You've got multiple hoses, like a little T up top yeah. where you've got hoses coming from multiple areas, you know. Well, it's also, the, yeah, the hoses are the, the, the failure point in regards to that. I mean, you might have to change a few things out, but, I, you know, overall, it's a consistently good design. I, I mean, I'd I, I'd be interested in something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed seeing what this guy has to offer. Again, this is Made From Scratch Designs, uh, abbreviated MFS. This is through their Facebook page. You can see a lot of things. I really want to say that a lot of these pictures and posts were made very, very quick to each other. So either he's been uh, doing a lot of R and D and not saying things until they're actually ready, or he's just working his ass off. Both are just really cool. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I, I well, really I mean, he's, this. he's obviously a fellow uh, Z nerd. So guess what? We're going to give him a shout out in, in regards to that. Um, I actually, um, st- I, excuse me, Kelsey and Kevin actually uh, that were just in Japan, they wanted to give a shout out to a product that they like too as well. So oh, cool. I was like, you know what? I figure why not? We'll let them do that since uh, <laughs> since yeah. they're out there enjoying their time. But yeah, go ahead and give me the uh, uh, the steering wheel and uh, sure. So here, so this is called the Oberg uh, Tilt Lift Engine Sling. Apparently it's 2000 uh, pound capacity, but um, you can buy it through Amazon. It's Oberg tilt lift. Again, uh, this allows you to kind of change your direction of your engine up to about 45 degrees. And it's all done with a, uh, with a ratcheting wrench. Oh, wow. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's pretty simple. Yeah, it's pretty simplistic, yeah. right? I mean, the old big red unit is a little clunky, I will admit. And the pricing on that is damn near close to that anyway. So it's just like, all right, why not, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I think so. if there's a, a decent um, – uh, it's all about the mounting points at that point so that you're not crushing a valve cover with that a cable tension or uh, – uh, Yeah, like that, I, mean, I mean, don't bind up the cable. Have, but, other... but to have that tilt ability, yeah. I mean, look at that. I mean, it's pretty simplistic. 
there's a lot of ways to, you know, do the same job, but I do like that. That's a pretty good product. So it's a good reference from them. So yeah, I priced it out on Amazon right now. It's only about 89 bucks. So that's not too horrible. So not bad, not bad. But again, a good not shout bad. out from them on uh, something that they wanted to feature. So we figured we'd throw it out there, but yeah, good recommendation. So that's cool, man. Thanks guys for sharing that one. That was pretty good. So um, is there any products that you've made that are uh, secrets of the trade that you have in your toolbox that are uh, for engine pulling? Um, extensions on top of extensions on top of extensions for popping transmission bolts. <laughs> I did extensions with swivel and then I would weld, I tack welded the swivel yeah. on, uh, on there. So it would never walk away. And I just made it kind of a sacrificial thing. I did yeah. that also with uh, spark plugs. So I made a, an extension that's perfectly out just to get out outside of a VG 30. And I, it's, it's about that long standard size. And then I took a, a swivel and I tacked it on there. And then I took the socket for the spark plugs. And then I tacked that on there too as well. And I wrapped the whole thing like an electric tape to kind of just keep crap from getting in it. Yeah. But that's been one of my favorite tools that I use probably every other weekend kind of thing. No and the same thing with the extension on those bolts. You know, when you got to go for those really tall type yeah. ones. You know, you just need to pop it off. I mean, it, it looks crazy because I've got like, you know, six feet of, you know, potentially I got three feet, four feet and six feet of these extension rods. But, you know, yeah. it, everybody's like, I don't have to get underneath there and break my hands. I'm done in two seconds. So, you know, now that you think about it, now that you've mentioned it, uh, I do have something in my wish list on Amazon right now uh, that I want to use for those reasons of like, you know, those hard to reach transmission bolts. And it's a product I should probably have by now, but I don't, you know, we all have, you mentioned like the universal joints for the sockets, right. To kind of give yeah. it an angle, but it's different when you're trying to use an impact. So if you got that, those extensions and that socket, and then all of a sudden you make that connection and now you have your impact and you're trying to break it loose. You can't just use a regular universal joint. Oftentimes you, you just destroy the U joint. Yeah. universal joint trying to use an impact so you have to get u joints that are specific for using an impact with uh much less if you want to save even more space underneath the hood you buy the sockets with the each one each socket has its own u joint built into it oh yeah uh, and it's made and it's a hardened steel it's made for impact driver actually that's in my wish list right now that uh, i'll probably get for myself as a gift for christmas or something it's like not that. Bad. Yeah, it's funny. Everybody comes to my house and they start playing with my tools. You've been in my toolbox. Yeah. That, sounds, that sounds weird. But like I have all these like little weird things like everybody like they pull a socket out for the bigger or, you know, they'll pull it out. And then there's a bunch of like paper that's kind of stuffed in the in, in the sockets. And they're yes. like, why the hell did you do that? Is it because when you're trying to drive a 10 millimeter bolt, it's right yeah. there. And it just it. You know, it's it's just yep. little tricks like that that I've learned from just watching smarter people than me, and I just stole the <laughs> idea, so it kind of goes from there. So, but uh, yeah, that's gonna go ahead and wrap up our special segment of ways to spend more money for the upcoming <laughs> uh, year as we start getting into it. Let's talk a little bit about events here as we start wrapping up towards the door here. Um, obviously, one of sure. our favorite events is going on right now, Branson Z Fest. Um, so those folks are out there having the time of their lives without us, but no big deal. We don't, it's not <laughs> so we hope they're having a great time, but, um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what those amazing people are doing at this amazing event right now. 
Sure, man. Uh, actually, uh, there was if you go through the uh, Facebook page for uh, Branson Z Fest uh, right now, uh, a lot of them. So the official, I think the event officially starts tomorrow. Tomorrow, which, yeah. Tomorrow, right? The twenty. Tonight's the early birds who are drinking in the parking lot tonight. So at yes. the new location, mind you. So. That's right. That's right. Uh, so let's talk about that real quick. Too. For those who uh, aren't familiar, though, this picture you see right now, that's the Honeysuckle Inn, has been the venue for Branson Z Fest for a very long time. Great venue. Unfortunately, though, there for, 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 uh, for reasons... Uh, this hotel is now closed. It's 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 not available for us to for anybody to, to for use. anybody. Yeah, and and the the deets on that where the location needed to do some massive renovations to keep up with the local city codes, mm-hmm. and so unfortunately they just chose to close versus keep up with those updates, which it just happens. So those things kind of happen. So that the venue had to change. And I, and I hear the new venue is a really good selected location. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so the new venue, so I definitely, I got to give a shout out to the Branson Z team, the organizers of Branson Z Fest is because they had to act very fast to find a venue. You got, you got to think about it. People are, by, by the time they heard the news about this particular hotel closing, Many people have already been making their plans and had been making their plans for a long time. So uh, they had to act very fast. Fortunately, uh, I believe there was a particular friend of theirs that, that used to work at the Honeysuckle, now works at another hotel yes. down the street, a fellow Z uh, fan or, or fan of the, of, of the events. And so uh, the new venue for this year is the Branson Towers, which is just down the street from the Honeysuckle. So nice. they're not traveling too far. It's, it's actually uh, – yeah, not too far. It is a different configuration. You know, like you see here, the doors uh, of the Honeysuckle used to just direct into the parking lot. Uh, Branson Towers, um, maybe not all the rooms are like that. So it'll be a little different. But um, from what I can tell, the vibe and the courteousness and hospitality of the hotel seems to kind of match uh, so far what, from what we've seen uh, as the Honeysuckle in. So uh, hopefully, I, I you know, I really don't see any. Hopefully, I don't foresee any issues. Uh, this 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 uh, management of uh, the Branson Towers. Hopefully, they become friends, good friends, just like we have with the uh, with the old hotel. You know. Um, again, for those who are with us online, uh, definitely giving a shout out. We we're jealous. We wish we were there. Uh, our buddy Ion is there right now. He's uh, uh, got his his action going on. Uh, he sent us a few pictures earlier today. His drive up to Branson. I believe he's there by now. Yeah, he said he found a uh, new route and found a tunnel because um, he was trying to skip some of the Dallas traffic. So we'll see what he has for an update for that when we uh, do that. Yeah. So we'll see. I hope he had a, a blast. I hope he made it there safe. I hope everybody's making it there safe as they kind of make their way in and yeah. and just enjoy the location. I mean, there's so much cool th- things around there and then so much great food. I mean, I remember vaskins i'm still daydreaming about vaskins you know <laughs> the, the, the sandwich shop the yeah. sandwich shop oh my god i love that place like for real yeah. but yeah so do good you, do you think the new hotel is going to allow an engine swap in the parking lot i don't know we'll have to put that to the test <laughs> like it's funny because the picture's behind me of yeah. us pulling that engine i was like yeah i was like oh that's a funny one and then uh yeah i don't know i don't we'll have to see if i can uh we'll pop that cherry as it were and uh in regards to- <laughs> so hopefully not hopefully we keep our uh 
we keep things to a less crazy time. But yeah, pumpkin spice yeah. is more chill anyway. So it's a it's a very cool, relaxed event that uh, that I am super excited to, and super happy to promote. So yeah, I'm glad they're having a good time. So be safe, guys. Um, enjoy. Take lots of pictures, and uh, we'll uh, try to do. Maybe we can do a summation with uh, with Josh or some of the guys from it when uh, when we uh, when everything gets wrapped up and That'd we have fun. an opportunity in a couple of weeks or something. So yeah. Um, yeah, next up, we have one other event that we want to promote. And of course, this is actually happening the following, is it a week from now? September 29th and 30th. Yeah. So not this weekend, but the next weekend. If you are in the Atlanta, Georgia area, I'm sure uh, if you don't know by now, you need to be checking out Z Nationals. This is a uh, long tenured event. It's been happening for nearly 20 years at this point. Um, this event is hosted by Z1 Motorsports, which is uh, their headquarters is not too far from Atlanta itself. Uh, this is a two-day event. Uh, it is a Friday and Saturday, I believe. Again, the 29th and 30th. Uh, two-day event. The first day is a track day. It's, uh, for this year, it's happening at the Atlanta Motorsports Park, AMP, essentially north of Atlanta. And then the following day is the car show slash, you know, vendors uh, slash, you know, music, DJ. Uh, there's an after party in Carrollton. That is where the Z1 Motorsports headquarters is located. Uh, they've actually got a, they've, they brought in a special guest uh, performance. Uh, I, don't, I don't have the name on me with right now, but, but uh, regardless, what I'm saying is that the Z1 Motorsports team, they go to freaking 11 at this point with their organiza uh, event organizing. So if you are in the Atlanta area, you want to check out Z Nationals. You can go to ZNationals.com to more event for more uh, details about it. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a hell of a time, and we're not too far away. I think, again, yeah, the next time that we get together, Miles, uh, this event will be uh, – take a look at here. Yeah, that event's going to be over, so this is probably our last time promoting it, sadly. But well, again, we're doing what we need to do for that event, and it's a great event, so we do not mind promoting that. So, oh, hell of a time, dude! I've been there, Miles. You've been to Z Nationals as well, right? Yeah. Well, you, yeah. Well, it was a combination of With Z-Con. Z yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was, yeah, it was a great location. Um, it was. Uh, I can get in trouble because I went by the location, and then there was so much stuff on sale that I was just like, "Oh God, I need to drive up there with a panel truck." So. <laughs> ended up buying a lot of stuff yeah it was great and then location was great and then we we know all a lot of those folks so that's awesome used to work there for a short time so yep yep now i did see here on the website of course uh it's not it, it just has to be mentioned again uh if you're thinking about it uh there are raffles that are happening uh during that saturday at the z1 headquarters $30,000 in product giveaways to wow. be exact over $30,000. So uh, again, uh, must be at the show to enter and to win. Check out the full listing of giveaways in the link here. Of course, this link for znationals.com, we will put in the show notes uh, amongst all the links here uh, this evening. And we'll give you more, more information. It is the 18th annual Z nationals. Uh, again, uh, hell of a time. You owe it to yourself to check it out. Um, yeah, you got a track day and show day. It's gonna be a full. It's gonna be a full house, man. It really is. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our event uh, here, as far as the podcast is concerned. Um, you know, uh, again, we want to make sure we're thanking everybody uh, for the continued support um, over our hiatus. Um, we'll try to stay a little more consistent here as we move through the uh, 
the next and finishing out the year. And we're going to be bringing on some, uh, hopefully some more interviews here uh, with some special guests. And again, thank you to everyone who continues to support us. We want to make sure that you like, share, and subscribe when you can. Uh, you can contact us through social media. I would probably recommend Instagram right now because Facebook, we're in, officially in Facebook jail right now. I do not we'll know when we're going to get out, but we're doing hard time as far as Facebook jail is concerned. Um, you can check us again out on Instagram, or, or you can check out us on YouTube when we post yep. these up about a day after we do these uh, these shows. So, if you I need, I should it, also sorry, I should also mention again these are the video aspects through YouTube. But as the audio version of this podcast, we are on all major podcast networks. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You've got we're on Pandora for God's sakes. I mean, there. Are, if you just do a search for Nissan Nerd, and you can find us. I'm sure if you're listening to us now, it's probably probably through one of those said networks. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's everything. If you have something that we need to know about, a new product, um, if there's a new event that's going on that you need us to help promote, we do not have a problem doing that. You just need to let us know. You would, I'd probably recommend sending that information through info at nissannerd.com. Just send us a. Uh, uh, the old snail mail, or the uh, the uh, electronic snail mail, right? So <laughs> at this point, it does, it kind of feels like snail mail, is, doesn't it? Yeah, emails now snail mail. I what guess a time to be alive! Uh, what a time to be alive! So, um, but again, thank you to everybody for being on with us here tonight. Um, you know, that's pretty much it. Uh, let's go ahead and set up for our compies. Um, until then, you know, until the next uh, event, I would say get in your garage, make something cool. I always like you better when you're in garage. I always like people when they're in their garage. So, yeah, um, a little compie. Like I got a little left. You? Me too. Me too. It's more watered down. But let's do it, guys. Again, for those who are with us, let's go do a send off here. Compie, guys. Compie, Miles. Mm. Until then, get out of here. We'll, we'll try to make another episode. Go. Bye. Get out of here. Leave. Go. Bye. Bye. Go. Go.